0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Why the If Not podcast. I am your host, Stephen Brogan Cortez. Welcome to episode eighty-six. Ooh, eighty-six today. My guest is Jagger. She's a friend I met back at Rockwell. She was hitting them light switches and whatnot, and I've always been following what's going on with with her life as a writer, as a creative. Uh, oh, she always uh, she always came off to me as as a very creatively eccentric i believe that would be the right word but she's a writer she would have the better she would have way better words to describe herself but oh a very interesting human being who i'm very glad to have on this show talk about their just their insight as a creative as a writer just we talked about life we talk about everything in between and uh, all the good stuff uh, so i'm glad you're here and uh, enjoy the show but before we get to the show have you subscribed yet have you subscribed to the show? Have you liked it? Have you left a rating? I think Apple Podcasts, you can rate. And on Spotify, you can rate. Rate us. Rate rate us. The fuck? It's just me. Rate me. <laughs> just just whatever. Give me one star. But if it's one star, you got to give a good reason why. Like a really detailed reason why, you know? And if it's five star, one word answers only, okay? If you give me five star, just one word answer. Rad. Dope. Amazing. Shwish swish. swish. That's two words. One word. to put a little like mark, like a little a little dash right there, swish swish. Uh, but yeah, come on, subscribe. Have fun. Uh, but that's it. No more. No more telling you to call to action and go subscribe or anything anymore. But go do it. Uh, without further ado, episode eighty-six with Jagger.
1: Let's go. And
0: we are up and running. Jagger, welcome to the Why the F Not podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. It's been a long time.
1: Yeah, actually, I think this is like a good place to start. Where did we meet? Rockwell. It, it was Rockwell. Okay, okay.
0: Because so like
1: long ago.
0: The, oh my God, Rockwell was like another lifetime ago. Yeah. <laughs> you were. Uh, you were uh, one of the sound engineers over at Rockwell. Yes.
1: Lights. All. I mean, honestly, all I did was press a light. Uh, or press a button to change the lights which was really fun um it was actually that that is i mean from my perspective that was a great part-time job i liked doing it and like participating in theater in a way that didn't make my it it wasn't about me like writing or directing it was just like a helpful crew thing action to do you know (laughs) to work for the show so um i enjoyed that but yeah that was like a lifetime ago
0: which uh, which shows do you remember working? Like which ones like stand out to you?
1: Uh... Girls and um, uh, Home Alone. Uh, there was a Breakfast Club, or was it not Breakfast Club? It was it's the one that yeah, Breakfast Club? I think
0: it was like that horror one, right?
1: It was like a post-apocalyptic Breakfast Club. That one I didn't really, <laughs> yeah, I didn't really understand that one. But those are the the main three I remember.
0: What a lifetime ago! A lifetime ago,
1: oh so... Hocus Pocus!
0: Oh shit! A
1: big one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was that was the most fun. Um, yeah. Which one were you in? Which ones did you do?
0: Oh, I I didn't do any of them. I was I was over at the host stand. I was just helping people with their seats and ra- wrangling up all the servers, making sure everything was fine. But
1: that's but like that was such an active role that I think I I put you in like production memory <laughs> you
0: know <laughs> he was in the show running around he was running around
1: right yeah
0: Now I got to I got to sing for some of their shows but I never got a chance to perform with them and I wanted to but then COVID hits and then Rockwell just yeah Bye.
1: yeah crazy
0: c'est la vie um but okay so like what like if anything let's talk more about Rockwell what got you to Rockwell how did you get connected with running lights at rockwell
1: it must have been probably a friend that i know who's a lighting designer who knew about it through like just through the grapevine of lighting designers <laughs> um i was looking for part-time work i think that was right after i did uh i took a part-time job working at halloween horror nights oh. in 2016. and after that ended it was um i was looking for more part-time work i wanted it to be like either in theater or production or something to do with entertainment. And that came my way. I was happy to take it. Um, so at that time like at that point, I was kind of like piecing together creative production work. Um, yeah, and that lasted for a while until I decided to go work at an agency for a year. Um, but it was fun. It was a good time.
0: Right on. And so you so I, I like what you just said really quickly before, you wanted to do something that wasn't that wasn't necessarily writing, directing is writing and directing cuz i know you have your short film uh, 2021 was it
1: excuse Oh there's a yeah it's a short script it's called 2000-
0: 2001 excuse me thank you 2001 so would you say that writing and directing that's your forte
1: um I mean, yeah that's it's it's I, I went to UCLA for it um oh. for theater for writing and directing <clears throat> But obviously the more lucrative way to do, to, to write and direct is to do film and TV. Um, so yeah, I've, I've more pivoted into that space, but theater will always be close to my heart and probably something that I return to in some capacity. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but
1: actually I'm in this, I'm in this space as a creative person right now where, uh, yeah, like I, I just never fully identified with the, like. I can only do creative work. I'm only an artist. I only want to be seen that way. That's never been me. Um, I do. I love writing. I love. I love the structure of writing. My favorite thing about writing is the way that it. It does a story does follow a structure to be successful. It just is. And there's something Mm -hmm. sort of like mathematical about that, and like formulaic, but not in a bad way. I think that structure and outlining is. It's not only fun. It's a huge advantage, and it's what makes it, it brings order to chaos. Um, so I'm always like the most creative person in a room of like non-creative people, but in a room of creative people, I'm the most organized person, um, which is always, I've always felt like I have one foot in each of those things and being like, only like even the idea of a life where all I do is write, that's not... That doesn't necessarily sound fun to me. Uh, I mean, like get, getting paid a lot of money for it does sound fun, but doing only that I don't think would be quite stimulating or enough for me. So I'm I'm at this turning point where it's like, yeah, I, I, I am writing. I'm doing well. I have some traction with stuff, but that's it's it's not that's definitely not it. That's not the that's not the only thing that I want to do. So I'm trying to figure out what that means right now.
0: So there's layers to you, just like all of us, right? We all have layers and it seems like, I think it's smart, no? Like to not identify yourself with one portion of what your life may be, whether that's, you know, if you're a creative or, or if you're uh, whatever you do, whatever field. Cause like, what if that gets taken away? Like COVID took a lot away from us as creatives. Like you're a performer, you're an actor, you're a singer, you're even stage managing, whatever it is. If you identify with that, well, what are you if that gets taken away?
1: Yeah, definitely. And then just like being in the sort of like turning point that I feel like I, I, I'm like leaving young adulthood and entering like real adulthood right now. Ooh. I feel like Um, or just like the middle part of adulthood where it's like, OK, now it's now it's getting real. And I was talking to some friends last week about how. I mean, kind of up until this point, I have been a very compartmentalized person and like there is a purpose to being there's a purpose to that and it it can be beneficial. It can be an efficient way of like managing your own life. And like, like you said, like not being held to only one title, but I'm just noticing that the shift between being a compartmentalized person and being an integrated person is healthy and probably a good idea. And I'm, I'm, I'm I'm, I'm shifting between like, these are all the sections of my life that are separate from each other and moving into a perspective where it's like, actually it's it's all one thing and it's all me and to live truly aligned with all of that instead of keeping all of it separate is probably a good thing and maybe a sign of like maturity or evolution um so that's yeah that's my perspective on that right now
0: fascinating what factions of yourself are you integrating into one what is it that that you find yourself in this transitional period if you can talk about it yeah what, what, what what is it that you're going through
1: well it it used to all be very separate and um even my relationship with like social media and the sort of like per, performative element of social media that I really leaned into a while ago at this point like that was sort of like the early 20s energy that I had was feeling like I mean I still feel this way I think I think social media I think that Instagram TikTok it's like it's like vaudeville it's little windows and you're peeking in and you're deciding do I am I going to like keep watching that? Or am I, am I, I going to move on? Like, that's what these channels are. It's like, there's something very theatrical and performative about all of it. And even this idea that it can be authentic to me never really seemed possible. And I just wanted to run as far, like far from that. It, I don't know. I, I, I wanted to hide whatever was authentic about myself behind something that was also a character so that people never really knew what was real and what was like satirical or 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 um, heightened or stylized. Um, and that was uh, fun. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not like upset that I did that, but that was the way that I saw that. So that was like a very compartmentalized way of like, I won't even, I, I can't be myself in any of these platforms because they don't actually lend themselves to any kind of authenticity. So my response to that is to try to do the opposite and create something that is so deliberately over curated and kind of over the top, um, and I did that for a while and it, it I pivoted from like Instagram to Twitter and I, I, I had a joke Twitter that was successful for a while and I got a lot of like traction with it. And it was really fun. Um, and writing tweet jokes is entertaining. But ultimately, at that point, you kind of work like, I don't know whether if you have any. Like, like traction on any social media platform the moment that you're engaging with it in order to keep up with the pace that you've established for yourself to keep your followers or try to get more of them. Even if you started it from a place of like, I'm not trying to do that. It's just happening. At that point, you kind of work for that platform. Like now you work like now I work for Twitter cause I am engaging with it. I'm giving it so much content that it's like this sort of job. Um, I don't know. So that was like, social media was always very compartmentalized, um, Job, like like work, I always tried to keep work really separate from whatever the rest of my identity was, even as a creative person, even working for production companies or even being hired as a writer for stuff. I, I tried to, sep- you know, I tried to separate those things where it's like, this is my work self. And then there's like a private self. And I think it's also, it is, it is about privacy and maybe control mm. um, where to be compartmentalized and be like, I'm going to bring a very presentational self to this job or this environment is, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's just a way to control perception. And I think uh, that that shift that I was mentioning where it's like, I'm, I wanna shift from being compartmentalized to integrated is about not controlling perception. Uh, yeah.
0: <sighs> well, first off, let me just touch on what you just explained earlier, describing social media like TikTok, Instagram as modern day vaudeville, uh, that tickles my brain. Cause that's totally what it is. You just it's like literally yeah.
1: yeah.
0: It's like what this show is, what's this little channel? What's going on here? Do I like it?
1: hmm And it's and so you watch quick. for as long as you want to and then you move on and you come back to it if you want to and um yeah.
0: And there's a there's always a new show coming around the bend. There's always something new. Oh
1: so,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's so strange because we it's like we crave authenticity as like as like people. We crave it. But then when we go to social media, we tend to, I don't know, like myself, I gravitate to, I get lost sometimes because if I'm not careful with my algorithm, it can suck me into like just distraction, pure distraction. But then sometimes I'll find something that's really inspiring, really endearing, makes me think, makes me feel. So it's like, it's this weird, it's this weird world where you can be authentic and you can be I guess, rewarded for that when it comes to, you know, getting followers or getting recognition. But a lot of the times you do see this facade, this presentational appearance that gets put up that gets more attention, but I I don't... It's so weird. And then do we do that for defense, you think? Like, to to protect ourselves? Like, again, we don't want to show the world who
1: we really are. Maybe. No, I I just think it's a it's the new it's been the new reality tv for a while mm. um and i don't know i think that i think that it's both it's it's hiding and showing at the same time
0: mm, hiding and showing at the same time
1: i think so um and i'm not that worried. like people seem to be like worried about i mean yeah like for young people it's a little concerning because like we, we don't know what that's going to do to kids who have grown up on it but i'm not really that worried i just think that this is all a process of of integration this is this is Mm. we were you know we have been separate from our computers for so long like they are an object and we are a person in the real world and now the real world is like blending with the computer so there's that integration process i think is intimidating but i i made this decision recently to like i refuse to see that as a negative i just i i'm refusing to see any kind of like internet, the next stage of the inner the the next stage of the internet being like way more faster and like present and like whether we're we're in it all the time. To- I'm talking about this thing. I'm essentially talking about like singularity and like merging mm-hmm. with technology. And obviously, like I don't even have the words to fully explain what I'm talking about. And we don't because we don't. It doesn't exist yet. But there's something. You know, when when all of this does become permanently meshed together i don't think it will be about is this authentic or not i think it will be so hyper present that it's it's it it will become like an enforced authenticity because if you can never turn it off then you can never hide you know what i mean Mm. um and again like i don't think that has to be a bad thing i think it's like it's a little spooky but i don't know i'm trying to look at it in a more creative way (laughs)
0: It's exciting, too. It's this change. It's ultimately change, you know? I mean, you want to talk, like, we don't know the words to explain, you know, what you what you were just saying. You don't have the exact words or whatever to explain the singularity or when we all become one with technology and humans, whatever. But I'm sure we can go to ChatGPT and see can if it can whip something up for us. Like, you have, you have all these AIs now just getting better and better and better and better that, I don't know, do you think, like, as a writer yourself, Are you, do you feel any kind of threat? Like, do you feel threatened at all by something as ChatGPT coming to the rise? No. No, not at all. Do you think the genuine creativity humans offer can overpower anything an AI can?
1: I'll put it like this. I'll put it like this. No one was like freaking out when hammers got invented, like worried that houses were going to start building themselves you know what i mean
0: that's fair that's fair
1: i don't know that's the best way i can put it it's like i'm not i'm I'm not threatened by that i don't i think it it, that there are creative people will bring creativity to tools like that's what we do and Mm. there's already actually there's like an exhibition at a gallery that i'm trying to see tomorrow or later this week um that was yeah a visual artist who the 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 gallery exhibition is ai generated paintings Mm. and it's like at that point, is, does that belong to him? Did this artist actually make what these paintings are, or did he program something to do it? And is there a difference between those things? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think that it's already we're already there, and like people are already going to start using it. So, I don't know. It's 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 car versus horse and buggy in some ways. I think.
0: I feel that. Yeah, I, I, I resonate with that uh, because then, like, the artist. Because the AI doesn't create anything unless there's an input someone yeah. enters. So there's still that human element. That artist still had to write out the prompts to what they wanted, change it around.
1: Yeah. And also, like, there's just no threat to humor. Like, it, it, it's all good and maybe it'll keep getting better. But humor is so human. Um <laughs> And... It's that's that seems to be its biggest limitation right now It's like I don't it definitely doesn't have a threat to, to comedy or what might be funny, because that seems to be a pretty human thing. And if, if you even mm-hmm. think about like the animal kingdom, like there, I think there's some kinds of like apes or or other like monkeys that do understand humor and they laugh. But that's it. It's like us and like our monkey ancestors. And that's it. Like uh, it, it, humor doesn't isn't anywhere else like dogs don't think things are funny so humor is this like pretty advanced thing that we don't really understand and ai doesn't really pose a threat to it because i don't even know if we can we don't seem to understand how to teach it what is funny Mm. so i don't know i just i don't think comedy is under threat specifically um but yeah i don't think it's a threat necessarily to any any kind of creativity
0: because at the end of the day i mean like again like humor is something so complex and so human like you said that yeah chat gpt could be good at pulling references and information really quick or uh, which is
1: basically like a research assistant right like yeah. an instant assistant and like that's essentially being able to move in hyperspeed for boring stuff <laughs> <laughs> like it, that's it's it's instant help with stuff that would usually take you a while. Like the way that it's like, yeah, we didn't we don't have to go to libraries to look up stuff that we'd ask Google now. It's sort mm-hmm. of like a it's a version of that.
0: Wow, well, whoo! I can get sucked into GPT all day, but I want to talk more about you. And let's talk about let's talk about your first moment into the world of creativity, of artistry, of, of thinking like, why not try this? Like, what was your first, what, what, what were your first steps when it came to being a creative? Mm.
1: I mean, honestly, like the, 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 the value that I placed on like other people's opinions and the fact that like, I was told that I was good at it in school, <laughs> like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I, honestly, like I just... I liked the praise and I was just told, I kept getting told by by teachers and, and mentors as I was growing up, that it's like, hey, you seem to be really skilled in writing. And that mattered to me because I cared what they thought. Mm. <laughs> um, but that, but, the, but the, obviously the, the, my attraction to writing was very natural and it came, yeah, it just, it came really naturally. And then I received praise for it. And I was like, oh, that's if that's a job you can have, then that sounds great. Um, yeah. And I got accused of plagiarism in, it was like fourth or fifth grade. And my teacher was like, there's no way that you wrote this poem. I'm like going to have a parent teacher conference with your parents. And then my parents like sat down with her. And they were like, there's no way that a child wrote this poem. It was about thanks. It was like about Thanksgiving and gratitude. And it was just this like very... I don't remember the lines of the poem, but it was this emotional response to the idea of gratitude. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: she was like, I think this is plagiarized, but she didn't really have any proof. My parents were like, okay, well, if you search all of the words together, does anything come up? Does it say it's like from another author? And she's like, Oh, and you know, but this this woman didn't really understand the end. Like that was still so early internet, um, that she didn't even really understand how to prove her own thing. Um, so it was like flattering in its own way.
0: Like this is so good, you couldn't have written this.
1: I couldn't have done this. Yeah. Um. So that was fun, but yeah. I mean, I, I guess the the like full full commitment. I don't I don't know if the full commitment even came when I chose I chose UCLA for playwriting. Um, and I did that because I, I I was I applied to several different colleges for a lot of different things, and like I didn't know if it was gonna be theater writing or the arts. I, I, I cast a pretty wide net and I could have mm. gone a few different places for very academic. So I think like there's one place where I was like, I think maybe I want to study forensic science. Oh. Um, and another one where I was like, oh, maybe journalism. Maybe like I was just all over the map with it. And then when the time came to choose, I was at this very emotional I was in a very emotional place. I had a very challenging senior year of high school. And I was like, Yeah, fuck it. Like it, it was kind of like a fuck it decision when I was, mm. yeah, seventeen, turning eighteen. And I was just like, I guess I'll go for it, Um, but even then, I wouldn't. I like. I I got a call out that like that. I didn't fully commit to like. I'm gonna write. Honestly, I made that commitment in 2020, (laughs) Um, and between college and 2020, which wasn't that many years, it wasn't that long between those things. Mm -hmm. um, I was just sort of like spinning my wheels, trying to figure out how to like be alive, function as a person, and not like constantly hemorrhage money, which is most of our problems, right? So,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> like, the fully, like, okay, I'm going to plant the flag. I'm going to actually actively commit to pursuing writing. I didn't do that until three years ago.
0: <laughs> so were you just, my friend put it this way, were you stuck in, like, a state of analysis paralysis?
1: Putting it, um, yeah, but it, it's more anxious than that. Like, it, mm. I guess not paralysis. It was more there was just so much motion and, and not really knowing where can I be safe? Like what, where, you know, which now I'm like, Oh, yeah, nowhere. <laughs> well, you know, now I've accepted it. Like, you know, both with, with, with work and with people, it's like you know, I don't know. It's just like, it's constantly a trust fall. Um, but yeah, I would say it was more like anxious spinning. It wasn't really like paralysis. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I'll just try this. I'll just I'll just keep trying things, but like not, and and nothing's fulfilling, and you're scared, and money is just terrifying, and like the the, the you know I'm sure you know this, but it's just like you know you 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 add up the costs of being alive, like just your your oh. functioning operating costs as a person, like living eating, and the insurances that you can't afford, you know, and it's just like <laughs> oh it's, it's impossible. Like I'm already I'm already everything is just I'm just bleeding <laughs> all the time, mm-hmm. um, and I had to get to a place of calm with that which is a daily thing you know like to to not freak out about that
0: definitely like there's this there's this one video of an older man i don't know if he was homeless or not but he was like why do we have to pay to live it's such a strange world we live in you know we could have this star trek kind of utopian society where we all help each other and like it's all for the common good of just growth as a society. Like yeah, I,
1: don't know. I feel like I don't, I don't really know enough about economics to make any statements like that. I, I have my own idea of what a utopia would be and what I think should be free. But I sort of hold my tongue. Cause I'm like, that's not my thing to fix. Mm. <laughs> like I'm not oh. the, I, I am not that hero <laughs> and that's it. And I, I just don't know enough about like, even the way, like there's so many people alive now. No one's ever tried to manage or deal with this many people in a country, a world, you know what I mean? Like there's so many of us and that poses just these new challenges that I don't necessarily know how to fix. And I don't, maybe water should be free. Maybe I don't know, like, I don't know anything about that. You know, all I can do is like, guess.
0: You, You know, can I, may I share with you my biggest pet peeve when it comes to our society? My biggest pet peeve, the trees. The trees. The, tr- the trees all around.
1: Are you talking about pollen?
0: Yeah. And do you know why pollen is so like high for our trees here?
1: Because the, the male and female trees. The, the, yes. Abs- yes. I know. I know about this.
0: <laughs> the dumbest thing. I saw this beautiful video. It was like a, somewhere in Spain where they had like fruit trees just on the streets. Fruit trees growing by shop sides. We have. N- yeah. We have none of that here.
1: I'll just break it out For people that don't know, you want to explain it real quick?
0: Well, yeah. Well, okay. so when you go outside, like especially in America, you're just like if you're like here in California, walking down the street and you see all these trees, all this all this greenery. For those that don't know, all those trees that aren't bearing fruit for the most part are male, like plants have male and female counterparts. Like It's just how it is. Right. And like the male trees just spit out all this all this pollen and it has nowhere to go.
1: But but and it's getting worse because the trees know that there aren't girl trees, so it's this like tree incel community that is po- <laughs> poisoning us, and it's just like spurting out like pollen sperm, basically. Yeah. Um. And because they're, they're they're horny trees with nothing to mate with, and it's they're miserable, we're miserable. Just bring in the ladies. Word, lady know, trees? Bring in some lady trees, but. I guess to add to what you were saying, I, I don't know. Was this the deliberate fucked up decision behind that to basically be like, if we have the female trees and they bear fruit, that'll be free food for people. And we don't want that.
0: Basically. Like, uh,
1: yeah, I, I can't, I, I I don't feel fully educated because I I know I saw that. So I, or I learned that in college and I can't like pull the exact reference, but I'm pretty sure that that was a deliberate choice. Um, oh, and then it, it, it was probably one of those things where it's like it was a deliberate choice, but then it just became a, a practice and a custom. And like maybe there wasn't like malice behind it continually, but it set a precedent that then just like cascaded until now.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. But then like you look at different cultures and like so my mom's Salvadoran and whenever we moved and we're, wherever we whenever we were looking for a new house, the first thing, if anything, the main thing that we cared about is that we go to the backyard And we would see, is there a lemon tree? Is there some sort of fruit tree? Like, that's important. Like, can you imagine like how helpful that would be just for like the homeless population across the country? Like if they could just have fruit to eat just to help them sustain themselves or even just walking down the street and just picking a fruit. And I'm like, all right, cool. An apple. How lovely.
1: Yeah. But then you'd have conspiracy theories being like, don't eat the public apples because they're full of drugs you know what <laughs> i mean like it would turn so quickly into like don't eat the public fruit
0: it gives you cancer public fruit gives you cancer oh no
1: it's chemtrails all over again <laughs> uh, i don't know like i grew up in i grew up in sacramento where it's actually like a city mandate that every house has to have a tree planted it on the property like you're saying but the cheapest tree is this like it's got really dark cherry red leaves and it Mm -hmm. it does it's it's a fruiting tree and there's these tiny cherry fruits that aren't good to eat and every spring like all and so that's most of the houses in sacramento because people who build houses don't want to spend more money on a different kind of tree it's all the same kind of tree even though it's an option to pick any tree they all pick the same one and then everybody's sidewalks and driveways are covered in this fruit that nobody wants and it's not tasty and nobody's harvesting it so the sidewalks and the streets and the driveways are just covered in this smeared dark red stuff and it gets all over your shoes and it's sticky and it's kind of a problem (laughs) so i don't know we think what we think there's an easy solution and then (laughs) there's a downside to it you know what i mean like (laughs)
0: Because that sounds like a, like, it sounds like a very uh, strict mandate to, like, uphold, right? But it's helpful for everyone, except if you're just sprouting all these useless trees around.
1: That's what I mean. Or or, or it's not, it, it, if there was variety in the selection, it would be pretty, it would make for a pretty cool community. But again, because of, like, being cheap and just wanting to meet the bare minimum of whatever, if you're a developer you going for the cheapest option and then you're overpopulated with the same thing everywhere
0: oh gosh no 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 my mom's Insel. house my mom's house is a jungle man like all these insult trees everywhere are, can suck it but my mom's house is a jungle she has like an avocado tree she has guava trees lemons pomegranates she's like no i need my fruits i need them around me please
1: that's cool i would like a i would like fruits and vegetables
0: in a garden one day when I own property, which hopefully one day, one day for all of us, we'll all own property or maybe we'll just all move to a commune, you know, fuck it, you know, go away from society. We'll make our own little commune, make a little community, have a theater, a little school.
1: Theater.
0: Yeah. Oh man. So let's see. I want to talk to you about a little, Oh, okay. A little bit about, about your short film. So was that, T- tell me oh, just a script excuse me, thank you your script yes,
1: um yeah, that one's cool I mean, like that
0: wait, just a script and it's like won all these awards and like all these accolades I saw congratulations
1: hey see yeah, yeah. I mean that that one like it's <laughs> um short films are I, I love writing short films I love writing sketches i i like short form storytelling um I love beginning middle end I like doing it quickly I like being efficient so something like longer format, like a full screenplay, like is obviously a lot of work, but I find a lot of satisfaction in doing like a lot of like tiny projects, which is not necessarily a wise choice and not advice that I'd give to other writers. But um, yeah, I finished that screenplay uh, during just like during COVID at some point. And instead of like, I, I learned that there is no real way to find funding or And, like, the the best thing to do if you wrote a short is, like, if if you are going to get it produced, you should direct it because, like, that's kind of the best way to get attention as a writer-director. Anyway, I realized, like, oh, this is not... I I like this script a lot, but it's kind of useless. So in the meantime, I could just, like, submit it to festivals and, like, hopefully gather a ton of acolytes, and maybe that leads to funding very far in the future. Um, And actually, my friend Ella, uh, who's a producer and an excellent videographer... Um, is helping me, we, we're, we're working together to maybe put together a pitch to try to get funding for it, um, which is fun. And like only happened because I was like, I got all those accolades, I posted about it. And she was like, hey, this is really cool. I think I know people who are looking to fund short film, like narrative live action short films. Like let's try to do it. Um, so that only happened because I was like, fuck it. I guess I'll share that this is happening. <laughs> um, whereas like the rest of my writing, I've kept like pretty private. Um, uh, mm. so that's pretty cool. Oh
0: huh. yeah. You, so wait, so is, is 2001 the first time you, have you've, uh, let one of your works out into the public eye?
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's the only thing I've ever s- submitted to. It's the only script that I've ever sent to like festivals. Uh, mm. the rest of them, I kind of like kept between me and my manager trying to staff for TV or develop into real stuff, which is smart. Um, but now and then, like, I think you if you're if it's all just fishing now and then you throw something like way out there uh, on the deep end and see what happens. And that's kind of like what happened with with that one. Um, wow. it's, an, it's, a, it's a it's a comedy. It's a short film comedy set on 9-11, um, which was like a challenge I gave myself. Like I gave that like I, I give myself like little assignments and I'm like, oh, like that sounds hard. Like, how can you how can you write a comedy set on 9-11? And then I made it about, it was like semi-autobiographical about this girl who like was just being a child and like didn't really, yeah, there was so much else going on in your life as a young person that like that event was significant, obviously culturally for those of us that remember or barely remember it because it's so far deep in the memory. Um, And it obviously did change things on a pretty big scale, but in the meantime, in the background, you're just being a kid and living your life and dealing with you know your coming of age story um yeah
0: whoa a comedy set in 9 11 (laughs) like why not dude
1: it's also like very polarizing like i i I did get a ton of of positive feedback for it and from people who read it and thought it was funny and great but then plenty of people who are like no like this isn't funny and it doesn't work and it's like cool, like but it, like, when something is that polarizing when when the opinions can be sorted into like two very extreme categories mm-hmm. that's usually a sign of something being successful because like someone really liked it or they really hated it, it it had an impact that was that big that made them pass that kind of judgment
0: it was visceral like they had a reaction to it they do yeah, cool. hell yeah oh my god yeah um Wow. Yeah. You, it seems like you really love to put yourself under these, like, like you were saying, like, you like to have like those, that structure, you know, to like challenge yourself, to push yourself.
1: Everything's an outline or an Excel spreadsheet for me. (laughs) Um, yeah, I do. I I do love structure, uh, or like an assignment, like a challenge of like, I'm going to blend these things together that shouldn't go together. Um, because that usually makes for an interesting original voice. I mean,
0: yeah, when I think 911, comedy isn't the first word that comes up. So that that's definitely grabs the attention.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. mm. All right. Well, let's see. So, I don't know how this how long this next part's going to take. Uh, but I kind of want to get to the questionnaire portion because I have a feeling that we get something good out of you if you know what i mean like i just have a feel i'm really interested in especially since you're a writer i'm interested in asking you these questions okay uh and these questions this might give you a clue as to what the questions are about um have you ever watched inside the actor studio from back in the day
1: yeah when like a long time ago when i was a kid i sort of remember that
0: yeah with that older guy james lipton
1: James left That's his name. I was like, it's on the tip of
0: my tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Jimmy. Uh, he would ask these questions at the end of every interview. There's the set of 10 questions and I just love the questions.
1: These exact ones. Hmm. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. I don't remember what any of those were. So go ahead. Uh,
0: right on. Good. Again, these questions, I love them because they're deceptively simple. Like they could be quick answers, but I want you to answer it as long or as short as you want. What Whatever comes up to you. All right. So let's see, are you ready, my friend? I'm ready. First question is, what is your favorite word?
1: Oh, superlatives, favorites, man. I don't like picking. Uh, (laughs) That's my response to that. Um, I think I remember this question Mm -hmm. and I think that I remember the answers ranging from like dumb to very interesting. I mean, the word, the one that comes to mind, if, you know, there's, okay, there's a, just as the, as a compartmentalized controlling person, like, you know, my answers for these, uh, if I like, took them away and put them in a Google Doc and thought about them for 24 hours are different than what I'm going to blurt out right now. And I'm just (laughs) trying to accept that. Um, (laughs) So it's like, what's happening to me? Uh, But the word that comes to mind right now that I do really love this word is nuance. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it flows off the tongue. It's very beautiful. But also, like, I love what it means. And there's definitely not enough of it right now. And we've sort of done this, like, thing where we've flattened public discourse and perceptions of each other into something that lacks nuance. And mm. that's the death of intimacy, maybe. Um, because you need nuance in order to, like, be intimate. Um, yeah, that's probably my favorite word right now on the spot under uh, pressure.
0: <laughs> wow. Connecting nuance to intimacy. How interesting. Yeah. Cause if things are black and white, right or wrong, whatever it is. Yeah. Intimacy.
1: Intimacy is nuanced and like that's kind of maybe it's in my brain because of it. I'm thinking of like decompartmentalizing my life where, you know, I, I like things that have very like hard lines and boundaries and categories, but actually like human intimacy and relationships and everything is is very nuanced and that's kind of vulnerable.
0: Mm. Whoa, thank you. Good. Solid. Next question. What is your least favorite word?
1: triggered oh i don't know um <laughs> i think that word has become an overgeneralization, and if people are being challenged or upset or traumatized or fill in the blank i think that that word has become like a generalization and like instead if you if you remove that word and you get more specific about how you feel if something is like upsetting to you you should that's how you find nuance <laughs> you go from <laughs> something like overgeneralized and you turn it back into like the truest core thing that's happening and going on with you because I think that like if any kind of like knee jerk reaction there's an urge to either like use that word or overgeneralize. But if you keep going, if you keep chasing the questions and you, and you go deeper and deeper and deeper beyond what that means, and you get to like, actually, I'm feeling this other way. And it's a lot more specific and I think a lot more authentic and true. Um, So I don't know. I think maybe I picked that word because if we're doing favorite and least favorite nuance is sort of the opposite of what the word triggered has become to mean Mm. maybe that's why i picked that
0: yeah it yeah you're not taking the time to express what you're truly feeling you're just jumping into that almost using it like a shield being like i'm just triggered
1: yeah it's a it's sort of a like conversation ender
0: yeah like stop it i'm triggered instead of being like yo like this made me feel a b c d and I mean, these feelings and a memory pops up or this or that whatever's going on in, in the moment like there's no honesty, no nuance.
1: Yeah I mean maybe maybe it's true sometimes but maybe sometimes it's a lack of introspection and yeah, whatever can get us on the path back to nuance. that's what I
0: want. <laughs> <clears throat> Dig it All right. next question. what turns you on emotionally? Spiritually or mentally?
1: Okay. Definitely depth. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I'll explain why. Like during COVID. And COVID and quarantine kind of became this space where I re-examined myself, my perspective, my relationships. And I really, like, really simplified everything. I simplified my thoughts, my actions, the number of things I did in a day. I I reduced them. I reduced the number of things that I was doing and even, like, the ingredients in the food that I was cooking. I returned to, like, as simple, what's the simplest way... To eat, live, breathe, and what came out of that was that everything that's everything that remained after I did that was very intentional. Like all of the people in my life are very intentionally in my life, and it's very, yeah, maybe a little, maybe a little bit compartmentalized and controlled. (laughs) But no, but 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 I I I sort of only have openness for connections that are very deep. So the, the the people I consider my my close friends, like they're, they're, a depth is necessary. We have to be able to talk about like the deepest, most intense stuff. That's what I value in a connection. That's what turns me on like mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And that is what I seek to make in all of my connections that are meaningful. And if it's clear that that is not there or that's not reciprocated, then that's not a relationship that I can have in my life.
0: Hmm take it right on thank you.
1: No, what are you, have you have you ever answered these questions
0: uh not yet but i am planning on episode 100 to do a flip where i believe it's going to be uh my girlfriend stephanie i think she's going to be interviewing me and she's going to ask me these questions but i didn't want to give anything away but one of your answers is my answer to a question i don't want to give away which one
1: I've only done three.
0: Okay. Ah, uh, oh shit. You're right. Not that many. Well, my favorite word is also nuance. I love that word.
1: Oh, Again. What like, your, what's your reason?
0: Uh, I like nuance because I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's the sag in me. I don't like things being either right or wrong, yes or no. You know, I don't. Especially like pull up like so as like a, as a as a people right now. I don't. I don't appreciate how we've become in the last five ten years. Again, so like you're either red or blue. You're either this team or that team you know and if and if you're not this team well we're going to not talk to you anymore and i'm like what why aren't we talking to them anymore you know like just because you're a republican doesn't mean i i hate you just because you're a democrat doesn't mean i hate you like let me get to know you and if there's reasons why i don't vibe with you let me find those reasons but i don't want a label to be the reason why i don't talk to you and
1: i think that like when you talk to people on an individual level like that's this is, seems to be, I don't know, I found some agreement when it comes to that, mm. when you can make an individual connection with someone, but if you try to communicate with people as a group, they're like, no, <laughs> you know, but like on a personal level, it does nuance does seem like something that we all want and require, but then you, you get large scale with it and suddenly not, it's not anymore, which is interesting.
0: Cause it'll get chaotic, especially large scale. And you have to kind of be okay with that chaos. That not everyone's gonna agree. Like that's why religion. Like I love faith. I love people's individual faith. Like whether whether that's with Christianity, Buddhism. I have some friends who are Satanists. They find beauty and peace with that. But then when you get
1: religion is different. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Re- religion. That's when you get to talking to people. When you group people up and tell them I'm right. That's this is why I'm right and they're wrong. And it's like whoa. It's, I think it was Adam Driver who. No, it was Andrew Garfield. He says. The thing he dislikes most are people who think they have it right, like who think they know yeah. the answer. Yeah. Who are so sure of themselves. Like, I don't, no, I don't want to live my life. I want to live my life almost like with the curiosity, like the genuine curiosity of a child. I think that's how I want to live my life when I meet people, when I experience things. I don't want to go into it thinking, oh, I know better. I know best. Yeah. Such a, constricting way to be for me, at least I just, I can't do that. And if I'm around people like that, I get mentally exhausted.
1: But it's kind of a, that's a, that's a very like heart open and like vulnerable and emotionally invested way of living. That is a little intimidating, I think to some people.
0: Mm. Cause it's, a, it's my, uh, my girlfriend, Stephanie, she's she, one of the things she told me was, I want my energy to either inspire or trigger the people in, fr- around me
1: yeah easily said easily said that's tough in practice oh for sure living that all the time that's good anyway sorry i interrupted and tried to turn it around to
0: oh i appreciate it no worries at all i appreciate that well let's see uh next question uh let's see i believe we're here yeah 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 what turns you off emotionally spiritually or mentally Hmm.
1: That's like that's harder, and I don't know if I have a direct answer for that one. Because um, I things do, you know, like a, I I can definitely instantly feel like an a, an experience or a person or stuff coming my way, and it's very clear, right? It almost instantly, it's like I don't want that. Like I'm, I'm going to opt out of that. I'm going to go over here instead. So I know what you're talking about, but there's not like a common thread between all of the things that turn me off or make me want to avoid a thing. It's just such a, if I detect that something's not healthy in any way, I don't want to be around it, you know? And that's, that's very general. And I think that what I'm talking about is like intuition. Mm. Um, and a lot of us do have that. Like you just know, stuff coming your way you're like a pass pass not that not that um i don't know that's that's a really tough one but i guess i would just say that i can't identify the specific thing that turns me off about everything or all the things that do turn me off but i do intuitively very quickly know it when something does and mm-hmm. i listen to that and i don't second guess it
0: nice all right intuition very uh do you know if you are either like clairvoyant claircognizant like where where does your intuition come is it a feeling a picture of like is something you hear how does your intuition come into play
1: it's all very abstract but it's like yeah like vibes and energy Mm. and like oh i guess like a lack of Openness, like I guess, if I'm meeting a meeting a person, if there's not that the, like moment of eye contact before you're about to connect with someone, when you're like agreeing, you're like we're about to just start talking. You know, there's this like agreement that you make in eye contact and physicality. When that isn't open, I'm just like, no, <laughs> <laughs> and I won't try. You know what I mean? Like then I won't even. Like, your door isn't open, then I'm not going to open mine. Does um, that makes sense? That like, makes there sense. has to be... I guess it's kind of coming back to what we were talking about with, with the nuance and the, like... You got to be open. You got to be open. Um, and if you're not, I don't really want to hang out.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're only going to attract those kinds of people if you are in that vibe and that energy. And that frequency, yeah. if you will. If you're not open... You're just going to attract that. And if anything, seeing someone who is open is going to frustrate you probably.
1: Okay. That that gives me an idea. I guess like something that does turn me off both in myself and in other people is like hyper reactivity. Like when there's reaction without forethought or like mm-hmm. any. Yeah, like any kind of like impulsive reaction that is a a judgment or an assumption and i have to catch myself doing it all the time because it's so hardwired to to be like that but anything like the low frequency feelings like fear anxiety jealousy envy um anger like those really sharp aggressive things that come up which i think like are really important to flag it when it does come up because you need to understand why you're why that's happening mm-hmm. but you can't take it with you Into conversations, into your interactions, because then you're reacting from that place. So if I just both in myself and in the outside world, when that's happening, I just feel the need to like, or I try to take the moment and like, take a deep breath and decide and like examine before I react. So I guess the things that turn me off are like people that don't examine before they react, Mm -hmm. stuff like that.
0: That they react instead of responding to a situation.
1: Yeah, or just like the sort of like instant response that's not fully in integrity, I guess, yeah. 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 Dig it.
0: (laughs) What a journey. That was wonderful. Thank you. All right, next question. What sound or noise do you love?
1: Oh, sorry silence for sure <laughs> for sure silence mm. like i am i am recharged through silence and quiet and being alone that is what gives me energy and that feeling of relief when everything is loud and then the moment that it goes quiet is so satisfying mm. yeah
0: take it thank you next question What sound or noise do you hate?
1: I can't choose one thing, but there's sounds that I will associate with, like, past experiences or, like, jobs that I didn't like. And, like, there was a job where I had to, like, scan in to a building, and I can remember the sound of the badge hitting Mm. the place where it had to scan and then it would let you in. And that just became so... It was like this sound that told my brain, like, oh, we're walking into an environment that we don't like. So I, <laughs> so there was this, like, this sort of, like, yeah, um, this cue. It was like a cue that would cue me into, anxi- <laughs> into anxiety. <laughs> so there's just, like, little stuff like that where it's, like, it's, um, it's definitely has to do with association only. Mm. There's a negative association with that sound that repeats enough and enough and enough that it starts to like instantly create anxiety
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right on all right thank you next question all right this was a fun one what is your favorite curse word
1: i don't know if come is a curse word but what? i feel like you can't say it on tv so Wh- which word come
0: oh yeah not yeah right on yeah
1: the reference of like yeah any reference to ejaculation or orgasm yeah, no, I, self-explanatory. Self-explanatory, like not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <have> to explain.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because like when you're curse a uh, curse word, it's usually like some you know you're thinking like oh curses right so like shit fuck, no, but like
1: not like none of those do anything for me. But like come is beautiful, so I'm gonna take that
0: one. <laughs> Dig it, right on, perfect. uh Next question: What profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
1: Uh, farming. Oh. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think that maybe only, like, on a small scale, like, you know, to to be a a farmer with, like, a ton of land and a ton of responsibility and a ton of crops, that sounds, like, not great. But, I mean, like, in the sort of, like, individual sense to be able to, like, manage. I do have a sort of, like, homesteading fantasy where I live, like, off-grid and I have... I grow my own food and I like have farm animals. So, and that's, that is like, it's so involved. It is a job. Um, it's not necessarily paid, but you're definitely working for yourself. You're working for your family. And there's something very attractive about that kind of like physical labor Mm -hmm. and being so in, in so much direct contact with like sunlight and, and, and nature. I think that would be very fulfilling.
0: Whoa yeah not necessarily yeah working for yourself would you have a like would you have a farm purely with crops or would you have animals on your farm
1: yeah like farm like, like animals and garden but like manageable you know I'm not talking yeah. about like huge. like i'm just talking about like a little you know enough for me and the family or partner
0: nice yeah right on okay next question what profession would you not like to attempt
1: the rest of them, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shit talk like any specific job. Cause like they all have a purpose. Um, I just think that they're all, if it's in the categories of, again, the categories um, <laughs> of like, I desire it or I don't desire it. Like I do not dream of work, you know, like, I mean, I kind of do, I do dream of spreadsheets. But that's not work. That's that's not work. That's, yeah, something else.
0: That's play. (laughs) That's satisfying in a different way.
1: I I actually found out that there are, recently, there are eSports game, like tournaments for Excel.
0: I've seen those on TikTok. They're intense. Like the coding that goes on, the way they organize things, and they have them side by side. Like they're competing.
1: I haven't watched. I need to watch. I need to set aside time to watch that because it will bring me joy.
0: Ooh, you're gonna get down a crazy rabbit hole. That is a wild world. People that know how to like use an Excel spreadsheet, and I mean use one, not just putting yeah, in in the comments. Beyond,
1: yeah, there's there's like really advanced shit. And actually, like maybe I'll. That's actually if I could learn something from it, that would be like the dream goal. Like. I do enjoy pleasure, but I prefer there to be like learning and pleasure at the same time. So Hmm.
0: right on, (laughs)
1: which is what an Excel tournament would do for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you'd be like, you'd be like one of those people watching an MMA fight, watching the Excel tournaments. You'd be like, yeah. (gasps) Oh my God. He got all them columns into that one. You see that graph?
1: Ooh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Dig it. Dig it. All right. Well, let's see. And we've come to the final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: Nothing. I just hope that there's like a smiley face. (laughs) Like, I don't know. There's something. I don't know. Whatever it is. I hope that it's kind of a joke. In a a beautiful way. I just I hope that like if if we got to the end of figuring what, what this all is about or, like, the answer to everything, I just hope that it's, like, a smiley face or a yes or a thumbs up. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's, like, an overwhelming, absurd simplicity to probably all of it, maybe. I don't know. But that's just what I hope. I hope that at the end, I hope that the answer to, like, all of our complex problems is... <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. And, like, cool. Cool. Like there's, I don't know, that's just a, that's just a feeling that I hope to get is that like, yeah, I guess, I guess I want, if if we ask these really complex, hyper complex questions, or we want to know the nature of the universe, or we want to know why we're alive, I just hope the answer would be something so simple and a little bit ridiculous. Hmm. That would be the goal.
0: Dang, it. That reminds me of, uh, of, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
1: Okay, I've been told that I need to watch it. I, I've read, I read it actually. Oh, and okay.
0: I have- I, I, I'm sure the book is probably like they they talk about the meaning of life in the book. Yes, yeah. Like, right. It reminds me of what exactly what you're saying. It's like, well, what's the meaning of life? Forty two. Well, what does that mean? That's your that's your answer. You wanted a an answer to the question. Right. Here's your Thank answer. You, yeah yeah it's a little thumbs up and a smiley face
1: yeah actually there's i I wanted to read a quote because i was reminded of this this morning um it's it's a terrence mckenna quote and i think this kind of like sums up a lot of how i'm feeling and even the the things that we talked about today so the quote goes nature loves courage you make the commitment and nature will respond to that commitment by removing impossible obstacles dream the impossible dream and the world will not grind you under it will lift you up this is the trick this is what all these teachers and philosophers who really counted who really touched the alchemical gold this is what they understood this is the shamanic dance in the waterfall this is how magic is done by hurling yourself into the abyss and discovering it's a feather bed
0: (laughs) wow or a, <laughs> or a smiley face or a smiley face oh man well wow thank you for sharing that quote uh and we've made it to the end of the podcast and now it's your chance jagger i want you to if, you, if there's anything to share from people listening if they would to find where to find you anything you've been working on to check out anything at all about you like th- please let them know where they can find you
1: oh that's it i think you'll tag me right yeah that's
0: it. It's in the description that's all I got right
1: now. Yeah. I got other stuff to do but for now that's it.
0: All right. Well, hey. Yeah. Thanks again. It was really nice talking to you, Jagger. This is this is very enlightening.
1: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, okay. for sure. If you ever have like more conversations or if if you ever get on like if you ever do like more than one person and you have like group conversations, let me know cuz I like participating in stuff like that. So.
0: Heck yeah. Like honestly, I would love to one day once I have a home and not an apartment to have like a space like a podcasting studio space with microphones a bunch of iphones just recording the video but yeah, yeah that would be a dream heck yeah you're definitely welcome back here anytime anytime cool Ah, uh, well here yeah me... well thanks yeah of course let me just have us just <sighs> well there we go episode 86 done and done Crazy to think that all this started just during COVID as cheap therapy for myself. And now I have friends inspiring me. I swear that quote Jagger ended off with. Really? Oh, God. It was just... Gotta, like, sit with it now for a sec. Have faith in your creativity, right? That you're going to fall on a feathered bed, just jump into the abyss. That's what this podcast was. I didn't necessarily, I didn't feel like I jumped into an abyss, but moreover, I felt like I was screaming into an abyss. And this microphone was my doorway into that abyss. Just like, I'm here. I exist. That's what this feels like for me. So you go make your own podcast if you want to. It's easy. I can do it. You can do it too. It's fun. Why not? Have your friends on the show. Talk about anything, everything, everywhere, all at once. You know what I mean? The movie and everything else. Uh, but all of Jagger's insta, well, her insta. I think that's the only thing she's got, right? So I mean, she's a pop. She's popping on Instagram. Go check her out. Check check out everything she's got going on there. Uh, my links are down in the description as well if you want to check out got a youtube channel i game sometimes i do i do whatever i want like i could compartmentalize like jagger and be like all right this is my youtube channel for gaming okay this is my youtube channel for podcasts nope it's all going there all at once have fun enjoy it i'm gonna make some singing stuff maybe i don't know i want to why not i'm a little nervous but I'm definitely inspired to write more. The way the way Jagger was explaining the writing process about having structure and making it more fun that way and challenging. I don't know if it's just my undiagnosed ADHD nest, but that seems like that seems like a fun way to start it. Cause I feel too overwhelmed just looking at a black, blank page, you know? I feel like, oh what do I write. A prompt, structure, some guidelines it would be fun. I might try that. Hey, why not, right? You go try something, too, you haven't tried, because why not? And before we leave, most importantly, don't forget that you're enough. You're more than enough. It's incredible how enough you are. Okay, bye. I'm going now. I'm going to make some food. Going to make some food. I'm going to make some food. I'm going to eat it up. Put it in my tummy. Going to be really yummy. Yummy, will